You are listening to episode 40. This episode is brought to you by my new course, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. Do you feel like when you're on the LinkedIn platform, you're not really sure how to actually navigate it? Does it feel clunky or confusing? And do you have all these connections, but you're not sure how to really leverage those connections and how to really show up virtually in presenting your personal brand? Well, that is what this course is about because since September, I've gone from 1,500 connections to about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. Not only that, I've gotten clients through my content and people have actually reached out to me to speak for virtual speaking engagements. So if this is something that you would really like to capitalize on and take advantage of and learn about, then this course is definitely for you. And you can learn about it more uh, in my show notes and I will have the link to the waitlist just for you. And now on with the show. Happy New Year, everyone. We did it. We got through 2020 and what a year it has been. And now we're in 2021 and I just wanted to showcase somebody new to the podcast. And I'm so excited to actually bring more interviews to you this new year. So this is a local to my province fashion designer who also happens to be a Nigerian. So I have a sister doing some great work right here in our province. And her name is Fifi Youssef. She has made incredible designs that have been featured in not only local fashion festivals, but even Vancouver Fashion Week as well. And she is just getting started on her brand and her vision. So I'm so excited to show you what her journey was like through this show. And thank you all for coming back and listening to my podcast once again. everyone and welcome to the Okiki podcast and I'm really happy today to have a very amazing guest. We have Fifi Yusuf and one of the reasons I was super excited when I came across her profile is like me she's also Nigerian and as some of you know I volunteered with the Saskatoon Fashion and Design Festival so I'm very interested in fashion. Now she's not based in Saskatoon but still share the love for for the designers in Regina. There's so much going that was especially before COVID going on there so just wanted to welcome you to the show and thank you for being here today. Thank you very much for the invite. So if you don't mind telling our audience, how did you get into this field and how did you get into, yeah, were you always wanting to be a fashion designer or or how did you get to this point where you had this brand? Simple answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I have always wanted to be a designer since I had dolls. I've been making dresses for my dolls, for teddy bears. I always used to have matching outfits with my toys. So I've always known like this is something I wanted to do. When I came to Canada, I started looking at just how can I get into this industry? So I actually um, started working with Fashion House. So like with Le Chateau, 
And then I started talking to the district manager, started talking to the back end designers, because I told them like that was my overall goal was to get into fashion. They were very, very helpful, you know, told me exactly what you need to do, how to start a brand. You know, I wanted to start up online first. And eventually the goal is to have my own flagship store. So um, I got into, first of all, did my first degree, computer science and maths, graduated from that. And then I'm like, okay, now this is done. I have to do what I actually want to do. So I went into an online fashion design course, got the basic knowledge, did all of that stuff. When I finished, I was like, I have to do this now. Because every time nothing is ever going to be perfect. Every time there's always, oh, I need to wait for this. I need to wait for, you know, the right timing. There's never a right time. Just going to do it. You're going to make mistakes. And then eventually you're going to learn from those mistakes. So I went back home because I knew I wanted to give back to Nigeria. So I went back home to find the right tailors, to find the right fabric, find the right people, worked with them. It was difficult. And then get all those items back here to Canada to actually launch it in Canada. I was like, you know, I just have to do this once and for all. So I started this in 2018, made a couple of mistakes along the way, but I think now we're getting to that point whereby I know exactly, you know, what I need to do, what I need to change and my target audience, you know, just getting that thing running now on its own. Well, there's so many awesome gems you dropped there because you were intentional even in your workplace and you told them your intentions. And it was really cool that you were able to, again, allow them to almost like, I guess, mentor you in your process and that they were open to that. Another factor that I see there too is that um, you're using the different ends of your education and resources. So going into that then, what was the biggest obstacle you noticed when you're like, you know what, I'm all in, I want to do this, the right time is now. So when you went and just launched it, what was the biggest obstacle that you found, at least in that first phase? Oh, let me see. There was a lot of couples. So the biggest one was, um, let me see, logistics, like understanding the basics of getting from my hand to the consumer. What type of packaging did I need? What type of shipping options? There's there's different options, right? So at first I had, you know, I want to make everything affordable. So let me make my shipping $4 per item. And then I'm noticing as people are ordering more, it's costing me times four of that. So I'm losing from the front end to get that item to the customer, but I'm always trying to make everything affordable. And one good thing is I've met such great people along the way that are just so happy to mentor and help. There was this lady who was a business consultant in Regina. Now she's moved to Saskatoon. She met me because I also work at the bank. So she met me at the bank. I told her what my idea was. She's like, I want to chat with you and talk to you and give you a couple of tips because she owned her own business for 15 years and she learned a lot of mistakes along the way and she told me she's like I understand like you want to make things affordable for everybody but if you don't cover all of this cost right now you're going to be out of business in the first couple of years she's like you know people will your quality of your item will speak for itself it doesn't matter how much you charge as long as you give people that quality and all the services there if you want to charge people four dollars for shipping and then they end up not getting their items in four weeks they're not going to appreciate that four dollars they'd rather have paid twelve dollars and gotten it in five days so that are the things that i had to learn along the line is understanding that there's a lot of back-end cost i might want to be making things affordable on the front end but i'll be losing and i wouldn't be in business for a long time wow really interesting so really just understanding like even though you had this goal 
how can you actually make it possible? And what are the things you have to cover to actually get there? And then along with that, another thing I wanted to bring in too, is that you also wanted to bring a brand that really reflected your culture in an environment that isn't your culture. So what was your biggest obstacle in that and attracting clients? Are your clients mainly um, people of our background or were you really going for a much broader audience than that? I was, the end goal is to go for a much broader audience. In the beginning, now that was difficult because I was learning. So I would go back to Nigeria and the only fabric, well, there's other type of fabric, but the only affordable fabric was our fabric, right? And that's what people understood. So I had to work 100% with the Ankara African fabric at first. But now as I've learned a lot, I met a lot of other manufacturers, fabric producers and suppliers. I've been able to, if you notice my new collection is more of a mix now. I have like a jacket, coats and other things that are just not 100% African fabric. And the next collection is actually even going to be better when it comes to like mix and fusion. So I never want to limit myself to one specific audience. I love and, you know, appreciate the support from our culture and our people, but I want to make sure that everything's accessible and open to everybody. That's really cool. And so when you were starting your brand right off the bat, I noticed you mentioned that you went back to Nigeria to get it sewn. So is that kind of part of your model too, is like creating that work for people back in Nigeria, but supplying an audience over here? Correct. That is the overall goal. Now, when it comes to expenses, it it does add up, but I want to try to still be able to, even if it's a little piece still back home, created back home, I want to make sure that I still maintain that option. Very cool. And, and just so the audience knows, I know I have some Nigerian audience members, but tailoring and sewing is something that's actually quite common over there. It's just yeah. a matter of finding those quality ta- <laughs> tailors. That's another uh, leg up that you have to really take the time to do. So I really applaud you on finding that because I could see the quality from your Instagram. And, and that uh, leads to my other question. Then what were the initiatives you took to really, really showcase your brand? So now that you were going out there and and how did you create that public front? I, I know the obvious answer would be social media, but what did you intentionally do, I guess, when you create that public front with your brand to make it attractive to people here? Well, one thing that I has really helped me as well, apart from social media, is applications to things like Saskatchewan Fashion Week, Vancouver Fashion Week, doing all those things. Like you might think that you're not ready, but those people are appreciative of the fact that you even applied. They are looking for a wide variety of different designers. If you know like you have something unique to bring to the table, go ahead, do that application, get yourself out there. Cause I've made a lot of contacts by doing those things. I don't think my growth would have been as you know fast if i just left it to social media social media does have its you know option having lots of followers on social media does not bring sales at the end of the day what brings sales is putting yourself out there meeting people someone can have just 500 followers on social media and be doing more sales than you with 10,000 followers so it's all about meeting the right people you have to put yourself in front of the right audience so that you can get your name out there 
Yes. And do you mind expanding on that? Because I think a lot of people do see the brands on social media, especially Instagram, right? They see the cool fashion brands. They see all the followers. They see how fancy it is. But you're really talking about the real business side of it, right? As well. Mm -hmm. So do you mind talking about like, what was that process to actually like getting those sales? Like you mentioned, it's not about the followership. It's about those connections. So if you don't mind expanding on that for our audience, so that if a designer's listening, they can actually understand what they should be focusing on. For sure. So when you go to fashion shows, there's a lot of buyers. There's a lot of manufacturers. There's a lot of other industry professionals. There's photographers, videographers, people that are going to come with their own ideas, people that I'm working with for video advertisement, people that might put you in a magazine. Some people that read like magazines or papers might not have an Instagram account right? They're going to see your website on the newspaper or the magazine and be like, oh, I want to check this out and make a purchase. Just because they don't follow you on Instagram does not mean that you're not going to make that purchase. A lot of, don't get me wrong, the Instagram followers and the social media hype is good. But a lot of those followers that you see might just be for the pictures and liking the pictures and oh my God, this thing looks cool. And I type a like and that's it. But the sales will come for the from the industry buyers, from the people who actually will go onto the websites and check it out and not just look at the pictures. They actually want to support you. I've had lots of people support my business that don't even have a social media account. So you have to look at the other side of the audience as well. Social media is great, of course, but you also want to look at other people outside of social media. I love that. So really you're talking about the networking and the connections and knowing the right people to talk to. And kind of in light of that now with everything going on, how has that shifted for you? And what are some of the trends you're seeing that have shifted in the fashion industry in general? So the first trend will be no more fashion shows. So that is a huge one. So networking is a lot more difficult. Now is when social media, that social media is actually being utilized more because now all those people are getting on social media understanding that, you know, to meet designers through other means. We can't go to the shows anymore. So the buyers are coming on social media. The photographers are coming on social media. Everybody's coming there. So more of the networking piece is is very different. So now what I use to meet professionals is using hashtags. So if I just wanted to find a new photographer or videographer, just go hashtag Regina photographer or fashion models or, you know, just doing using hashtags that way. I've been able to network and just introduce myself to other people, do collabs with other businesses and fashion houses. That's exactly what I've been using, hashtags to find somebody who's interested in the same thing that I'm interested in. And just like, don't be afraid to send that message. The worst case scenario is you're not going to respond. That's it. Or they say no. It doesn't hurt to just send that quick DM and say, hey, I have this idea and this is what I'd like to do and collaborate with you. What do you think? Nine times out of 10, they might actually be interested in what you're saying. And even if you're not interested right now, I've had somebody who I message, message me back in six months and say, hey, you know what? I was thinking about that idea. You said, let's go ahead and do it. And it actually brought a lot of, you know, different options from that. So just don't be afraid to send that message. So really you've converted that in person to the messaging and, and uh, making it like a virtual networking situation. Are there actual, I guess, digital fashion shows going on right now or virtual versions or virtual attempts, I guess, given the new situation that we're in? There is the digital options. There is the virtual options for sure. You can still take part in that. Another piece is that you can make your own digital fashion show. So you don't even need to collaborate with a lot of this other houses and industry. So just go ahead. Don't be afraid. Just make your own and put it out there. People will. It's online. Everyone has to find time around the day to 
view it. So don't be afraid to start up your own. That's awesome. And also, I noticed you've taken the time to create this amazing e-commerce site as well for yourself and showcasing your brand. Do you think that's something that has really become a forefront for these fashion designers, given that everyone's locked down and online shopping has kind of become a new norm for some people who it wasn't at all? How has that reflected on even how your business runs? So I have designed my own website myself because I do have that background. So it has been easy for me. And I also started up, you know, helping other people design their websites because I noticed that I was getting a lot of messages from people just being like, hey, I try to, you know, build a site and I got stuck. Can you help me fix it? Hey, I'm not sure where to start from. Can you help me do this? So I actually made a separate site and a separate company where you can go in, do an application and I'll, you know, send you back information as to, you know, what we can do for your site, how to build your site, because I've noticed that that site needs a lot of work. People didn't think it was important and before until now when nobody can just walk into a store and just go shopping freely. Now they're noticing the importance of an e-commerce site and your website is pretty much like your resume and your profile before the client even gets to meet you. So you have to make sure there's certain things in there. The visual is good. The layout is good. It's user-friendly, easy to navigate. So that's been something that I've also been helping people with and something that people have noticed is important. Yeah, that's really cool. And I'm really glad you mentioned that because you all have to check out her site. Like I said, I was amazed by the quality I saw. And given that I have seen the local designers in my city, I was just, I saw her site and I was like, this is a different level. So you'll get a better idea of what she's talking about. And on that, I wanted to talk about with the trends and with everything, where do you visualize your fashion brand going in the next, you know, maybe one to three years? I know it's hard to plan ahead with everything that we experience, but given some of the new challenges and new opportunities, what are some cool aspirations you think would be really cool to have with your business? I think one thing now is a lot of, I was thinking, see, things have changed. Plans have changed within the last one year, right? I wanted to eventually get into a storefront in a mall or in somewhere. But what I'm realizing is that is all for now unnecessary. So I'm thinking within the next one to three years, I want to be able to do a lot of pop-ups. So in different cities, in different areas to bring my brand more into the, you know, people's eye. So just doing a lot more pop-up stores, you know, one to three days in different cities, touring around Canada, the U.S., other places, just so people know the brand. Really cool. Really cool. And also, uh, is most of your audience Canadian based at the moment or have you managed to tap into like this international audience as well during this season? Honestly, is 60% US, 40% Canadian when it comes to the North American audience. So the US market is something that I've been trying to tap into. And 2020 has given me the opportunity to focus a lot of my marketing towards that side. So I've been getting a lot of recognition from that area as well. I'm planning to hopefully expand more into that area. But this year, I noticed like it previously was like 90-10 when it came to North America, Canada being 90, US was 10. This year was more 60-40. So that means I'm growing 
according to how I wanted to grow and also tapping into that industry. Very exciting. Very exciting. What would you advise someone now if you saw a young person now who wanted to be mentored by you into fashion? And another reason I want to bring that up too is because I'm so inspired by you doing fashion. Everyone who knows our background is is usually not the first thing your parents tell you to do. (laughs) So you're already a risk taker in that, right? (laughs) If you know what I'm talking about. And so I just wanted to say, what would you say to someone who is a creative or who is in fashion and knowing that it is going to be challenging? What is some like concrete advice you feel like you'd want to give them? One thing that really helps me out and something that I would advise any creative because it's easy to whip out the designs. That part is not going to be the problem. The problem and where you're going to have difficulty is the business aspect of it. So what I always tell anybody, I don't care what industry you're planning to go into, make sure you have a one, three, and five-year plan. Because as you're writing your business plan, you're going to realize some challenges that you didn't even think about. And then you're going to, you know, take a step back and work on those challenges. So before putting any resources into it, before doing anything, you have to make sure that you've written down your one, three, and five-year plan and also projected expenses and projected income. Just so you know what you need to do to break even, what expenses is it that you didn't think about? You might have forgotten that you're going to need insurance. You're going to need, you know, to pay for your flights to go to wherever your manufacturer is. Just write everything down. When you have all those pieces, the rest, there will be mistakes. Obviously, nothing can ever be perfect. There will be mistakes along the road, but just make sure at least you have an idea as to where you're going. Awesome. Yeah. And also you talked about mentorship too. Are there specific mentorship groups that you are part of as well that have really helped you? In Regina, I've more been mentored by individuals. So when you meet people who own their own businesses or have owned businesses, do not be afraid to ask them for advice. So I am not afraid to, especially when it comes to my company, I always keep saying, what is the worst case scenario? Person will say, I'm busy. I can't help you. Just ask them, you know, this is what I'm planning to do. What do you, you know, what would you advise me? There will be different advice. Some things will be, you know, take or miss. Just take all those pieces, put them together and something is going to work for you. Something is going to stand out. You're not going to realize something that somebody else can, you know, make you realize and start to see a different way. And another piece is use social media, you know, take a look. If you go on YouTube, there are other people who have started business and have their own channel as to how, you know, what mistakes they came along the way. Some industry contacts are right there for you. They might give you tips and advice as to how to get better shipping options, different manufacturers, fabric sourcing. Don't be afraid to just send a message. Reach out to anybody that you think will be beneficial to you. Awesome. No, thank you. And I wanted to also give you this chance to say, what are some upcoming projects that you have that you'd like our audience to know about and how can we best support you? Okay, so as of right now, I do have my silk satin scarves that I launched this year was, you know, pretty much it was an idea. I've been thinking about this a little bit. And then I just decided, you know what, like everything else, I'm just going to jump into it. And that has been going pretty well. I'm very grateful for how it has grown. And what I'm planning to do now is look at 2021 and think about when I'm going to be launching my summer 
our collection for 2021. So that is coming pretty soon between April and May. So look out. It's going to be new designs, something fresh, fusion about that. I'm so excited, honestly. And I will definitely be following you and we will have all her credentials in the show notes as well. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey. It's just so exciting to see someone else who's creative and really going after it. So thank you again for being on the show and sharing this value with the audience today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invite.